I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey, you guys, it's Malls. It's episode 128 of Please Advise. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Esther, little Esther, or Esther Pavitsky is my guest today. How are you doing, Esther? I'm good. I love the way you say my names. <laughs> I, said, I said all of them. Yeah, that was really nice. So I feel like people. some people think little Esther is like what you go by, but that's like your... It started as my Twitter handle, right. which came from a nickname and now it's just a thing people call me which is fine like I don't mind being called it I like it but it's not like a character or like a persona it's just a name right but my it's just a nickname do people get weird about it like people always are like malls molly malls what do I what do I call you and I'm like it's not that big of a deal oh yeah because I call you malls like and I'm like I'm going to do malls this podcast yeah yeah is that okay yeah that's been my nickname my whole life so is it the same thing that yeah that's what I was thinking of because I was just like is this been is this like a lifelong nickname thing for her or is this something that kind of like came out of nowhere and you do but you when you do stand up you do it under your own name yeah yeah but people sometimes bring me up as little esther and that's fine too and okay. people will be like oh do you know little esther like i've heard i hear that and that's fine it's You're all fine. very funny oh thank you so I, are you so i watched some of your um clips i like am so bad at going to see stand up i used to love to see stand up Live and then I like kind of burnt out on doing like UCB stuff and then I 
really started to want to only go to comedy if I knew it was going to be bad because that's like actually really funny to me. And I have it's a lot of pressure when you're going to see someone who's like funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're like, I, oh, I think better be good. Yes, but I think from years of doing open mics and all you see is such bad comedy that like I get where you're coming from, but I'm so burnt out on bad comedy that it's not even funny to me anymore. It's just it's I hate it. Yeah, because you're like this is a waste of my time. And yeah, not that I'm like super judgy of comedy. I think like everyone has got their own thing going on. You don't take comedy very seriously, like Ariana on Vanderpump Rules. No, I'm she's not. She's my friend. I'm not dissing her, <laughs> but I do I, think that that's very funny that I she said that. I did once have an altercation online with a Vanderpump Rules girl. Which one? I always forget her name. But it was Katie, right? No, it's never who people think it was. Because Katie's the one that is has just been going ham lately on Inst- or on um, Twitter and just like going after everyone. Was it? It wasn't Kristen then, because Kristen seems like the other obvious. No, coach, it was Kristen. Wait, Kristen Doubt or whatever. Doty, yeah. Yes, it was her. Okay, no. Yeah. So she's crazy, Kristen. Like Katie's oh, a new, is people a new always... sleeper bitch. Like she's come out of nowhere with like a kind of the bitchy attitude. I see. I see. And she's been getting it a lot. But Kristen for years like rode hard as a crazy person. Oh, okay. Then I feel a little bit more. So normal. what did you guys fight about? Well, it wasn't. It was definitely a one-sided fight on mm-hmm. her end. Um, basically, this was the night. That that Corey Monteith died and like I just found out and when I go up on stage like I'm not like a robot who just says jokes like I kind of talk about where I'm at and what mm-hmm. and, like I just read on Twitter and I was like so I got up on stage and I was like oh my god Corey Monteith just died and I wasn't making a joke I was just like talking about it right and then like went into my set and then I got off stage and got a tweet that was like how dare you make fun of his death? Your career is... It was like a series of tweets. Like, your career is over in this town. You'll never work again. And I'm like, who is this person? I'm like, look her up. She's a waitress on a reality show, which there's nothing wrong with that. No. But, like, why are you, like, assuming that you're going to end my career based on nothing? This is what I want for them to get more than anything, is that they are waitresses on a reality TV show and that, like, there is nothing to be taken seriously about that. Like there, it's like there's there's no need to make serious statements. There's no need to get defensive. There's no it's just no need to go on the attack. Never no. Like you need to be like I'm gonna get treated like a muppet when I go out in public, and I don't need to take anything personally because I'm a waitress on a reality TV show. And by the way, like I'm not coming after her. Like I'm not trying to be like say something nasty and attack her but it's right. just like don't attack me and I just ended up I wanted to get into it and then I had to be like what is this oh and I would I have stopped. definitely given that a retweet yeah yeah you know what I think if I had been more confident and secure at the time this was you know a few years back I was yeah. still a little new <laughs> new to the new to the showbiz game um but I was not I didn't have the confidence to retweet it but were you today the, I would were you at like the Laugh Factory, or it was this comedy like a, store. Okay, and was her was her friend Rachel O'Brien on? Because I'm trying to think of why Kristen would be at the comedy store. I don't think so. No, there was because if you're not a regular at the store, you wouldn't be on that show. And I don't know that name, so I don't think so. Okay, thank you. Like, so her best friend is this comedian Rachel. Oh, and that's that probably why they were there. Then. What you're started right. this fight between? Uh, basically, my friend Ariana said that she doesn't think that um, Rachel's jokes are funny. Now, there's two clips. For a long time, I don't know if she's added more since. But this is a girl that, like, goes on USO tours as a comedian. She has, like, two clips of her doing stand-up online. And they're both, like, they're not the best 
like sample clips. If, the, if this is something you've been working at for years, you probably right. don't want those to be your two clips. Right. Um, and so if you go to look her up, there's really no way to argue that she's funny. Exactly. I see. And so I there that's was this common huge though. Fight over really why? Um, I think comedy is so extremely subjective, and like everyone's taste is different. It's just like look at some of the big goofy movies that come in theaters that like are successes and then people like you and I watch them and are like what yeah yeah yeah. and I think that that I always have to remind myself that that's always at play and like I can watch something that I know is terrible but yet I'm not right you know what I mean but I am definitely not doubting that this reality waitress who lives in Beverly Hills she doesn't already does not sound like her stand-up is going to be funny or that she is trying hard. Right. I don't know. So, yeah. So, I don't know. I just – I I think the, the way it was explained to me by another person on Vanderpump Rules explained to me that this comedian at, in question um, doesn't like to put her material up online because then she feels like what's the point of going to see her live? But, like, I grew up in the era of, like, downloading – like, Louis Black and of yeah. course Dane Cook, uh, like wave files off of like Kazam and like listening to that or what was it Kazaa like off yeah, of like yeah. websites like that and like Bear Share and just like listening to comedy that way and then definitely going to see them live. So I don't understand. It's like saying you shouldn't put an album out. Yeah, or I mean that's kind of like an older uh, way of looking at stand up. It's like oh, I'm not going to put it out because that's like kind of old school, I think. And I think now it's get your shit online. That's where the audience is. That's how you find your audience. I think exactly. that's the more like in the last five years of like the way to go. Girl, speaking of like audiences, are where are you at with understanding what MagCon is? Zero. I'm a zero. Okay, you're at, okay. I was a zero the other day as well. And I know about like musically stars. I'm oh, okay. familiar with that vibe, right? And I'm familiar with I know that like, from listening to your podcast. You do? Yeah. Oh my God. I am obsessed with musically stars. Um, but then there's MagCon, which was started by that guy Cameron Dallas. Have you ever heard of no. him? Okay, so he's like a model. And he was, I guess he started branding himself as a model, like very young, I think when he was in high school, um, on Instagram. And then he like shot up to millions of followers and then like vines started to happen and so there was all these like kind of like cute boys like in the vein of like a jacob satorius type person that were coming out and so they do this thing called MagCon, which stands for meet and greet convention and they travel all around the country the tickets are minimum 250 dollars, and that's without the photograph i think and they sell so much merch. They do all this business. And they just did a Netflix series. I think it was 10 parts. I watched it because they told me I've been sick. So I've been in bed, like, actually just, like, not working, which is really weird. Like, to just sit for eight hours and not do anything. Like, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Um, that's That was me when I had shingles. I watched so much Family Guy. Really? My yeah. friend had fucking shingles. And, like, you can't do anything, right? You just sit in a bathtub for relief once in a while, right? Yeah. I just, like you take a really strong amount of like you take a prescription level of whatever it is like Advil and that hopefully helps yeah and you just like lay in bed and you're tingling and it's so weird and you just watch TV. is that from stress it is from stress so shingles technically only affects people who are like in their 70s who have HIV or <laughs> who are really stressed out and I got it when I was like 28 
26 or something. Don't you love being a young woman and getting the the diagnosis of a very old man? Like when they yeah. find gout in my finger, I'm like, who? Like not. what sailor am I? I guess I don't really have gout, but I had too much uric acid. So that was like the closest thing. I fell on it and that was the closest thing they could get to for like a diagnosis. They were like, you might have gout. So like no liquor, no no meat, no seafood. And I was like, why are you taking away everything that's important to me? Did you kind like, of like the fact that you – like I felt this weird connection to being an old man when I had shingles. Like I kind of took on that role and really enjoyed it. Well, I am – I'm sitting on a heating pad right now. Yes. I am I bring a heating pad with me everywhere, everywhere. I travel. <gasps> oh, my God. I'm like shocked I didn't go to your podcast with the heating pad. Like last night I rolled up to my manicure so I'm like, I'm plugging in my heating pad. But I am – so old inside. I think because I only hung out with my Nana when I was like a little girl. So like, I love murder. She wrote. I love drinking tea. I love being snuggly. Like Ed called my best friend. Ed calls me Nana. Like he's like, you're just such an old woman. Um, But yeah, I, I leaned into that a little bit. I mean, it was nice, but I'm a Capricorn. So I was born old and I'm and I'm getting younger as I get older. Um, oh, it's my theory. I'm um, late. I, I think I relate. What were what are you? I'm a Pisces, but oh. I don't really subscribe. You don't? No, I'm an unsubscriber of. Didn't that. you just have? Was as in Pisces? Did yes, it just happen? March second is my birthday. Happy birthday! Thank you. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay for me that I yeah. Um, wait. So you're talking about this Madcon so thing? So it's unbelievable. It's a doc on or a series on. It's a ten. Yes, it's like basically a ten part ten part reality show slash documentary. And do you recommend it? Yes, but not for like any good reason. Like it's it's this is okay. So I love the way that Cameron Dallas. So no one he has this guy named Bart who's like the CEO of MagCon, and Bart is like such a loser. Like he's such like it's like dude. Like your sole job in life is to get these like seven twenty one year old boys from venue to venue and just like pay them, and he can't do anything. And so Cameron's always trying to handle things on his own, and like he gets up in people's faces and it was reminding me so much of that Nicki Minaj clip where she's talking about how you get like the pickle juice if you don't tell people what you want and people think you're a bitch in this business if you don't ask for what you want. No, but that sounds amazing. And it was reminding me – he wasn't reminding me of like a strong guy handling business. He was reminding me of like – he was giving me 90s, early 2000s diva, very hardcore. And not and and not in like a in a gay way either. It just he just came. It was like very diva. How was, old is he? Twenty one. I think that's still too young to know how to treat people when you're like in a place of. No, and like I mean, he was getting the job done. Like I mean, to be fair, but just the way he <laughs> the way he handled it, he seemed like a. De- it was like a. It was like a. Just, I was like, oh, you're like a really tough chick. Like you're a really really tough ballsy chick. Um. There's, like, an issue where one of the guys has to leave the tour because he, like, posts a video just being, like, I can't get through these tours without drinking and doing pills, which obviously, like, blows the lid off this whole operation because, like, the whole idea is that these kids are, like, clean boys that they, – and they also have very, like, vague ways of um, – they'll be, like, just woke up thinking about you. Like that kind of tweet. And so like all these girls can then apply that to themselves. Why is it a group of guys? Like who are – these are musically guys or – So some of them are Viners. Oh, okay. Some of them came up through Instagram. 
It's all like Vine and Instagram. Because I have to say, like, that concept is actually extremely appealing to me. Like, if there was, which I think there, this does exist, but it just hasn't come on my radar yet. But like, a place where all my favorite beauty vloggers oh, and like, yeah, I yeah, would, yeah. I would pay the, that Unicon. Price. Yeah, yeah. But is that here? Like, I don't know. They that- do it in. They do it in L.A. They do it in New York. They do it. And I actually was just watching. I'm also. Was- writing something about YouTubers and so I was just wa- I've been watching all these different YouTubers and I realized beauty cons in like five or six cities now. oh really but I don't know I think I looked at that and I don't think like my people are there this year or something who are your people Kathleen Lights is my one and only she is amazing uh she's just a beauty vlogger beauty YouTuber uh Jeffree Star Love in the Jeffrey. house Manny MUA um those would be my top three Jaclyn Hill uh nicole guerrero those what types. do you like about them i just uh i'm obsessed with makeup even though i barely wear it and i look bad in it uh i just you do seem like someone who doesn't need it like well, there are people that it's like hey you don't need to wear makeup i i believe that no one needs makeup right and i like don't watch it because i think i need makeup or i think people need it i just watch it because it's such a fun i think i got into it last summer because i was having really bad anxiety and like makeup became this escape for me it was like the only thing that mm-hmm. wasn't just like consuming awful like media news and Trump shit. And it wasn't like stress about work. It was just this like this beautiful thing that was fun and artsy. And like you also get to know these beauty YouTubers. I mean, I sound like such a dork, but it no, I it like great. nail ones. Like I like the ones where I mean, I'm never going to do these nail styles, but right. like I do like the ones on Instagram that are really sped up and you can see the nail come together and like. A minute. That's so cool. Satisfying. Yeah. Um, I do like watching beauty vlogs too, mostly because I vlogs rather because I can't do any of it. Yeah, no, same. Like the cat eyeliner thing to this day, it completely eludes me. And like and I know it's something that you have to be like practice. Like you have to practice really hard. But like, how many times am I supposed to sit there and draw this fucking cat eye on and then have it be terrible and then not have like a self-esteem problem about it? Like, I just give up after, like, my second try always. Right. I totally hear that. Like, I think for me, it's, like, less about tutorials, more about, like, product reviews and just, like, Mm -hmm. just, like, just, you know, just chit-chatting on the YouTube. Like, all the – I sound – I want to kill myself. No. Do you think that – why do you want to – stop. Do you – I shouldn't have said that. It's not true. Um (laughs) – I'm, but it's just so you know, this is a safe place to say you want to kill yourself. Thank we you. Do that a lot. I'm just humiliated by the that I said on the YouTube. I think I said something like that. And on I, the, on, it's no, it's not as bad as like the interwebs. Like yeah. people trying to like make the internet sound. It's like, dude, it's just it's the internet. Like you don't have to come up with some like quirky name for it. Like, My biggest pet peeve is in movies when someone's like, "We're going viral." Like they, the way they talk about the internet in movies is so not natural, and it exactly. just takes you out of it. Well, I think I figured out the secret is if you want to make a movie about the internet or online culture it has to be at least five years in the past because there's no because even by the time like production has started all the terminology is going to be outdated that's such a great and so if you do it like five years prior you can mention businesses that are now out of business but were huge at the time you don't have to get permission to do stuff like that right um the only place i've ever seen tumblr like accurately displayed was in the Lifetime original movie Starving in Suburbia. 
they do such a good job of like faking Tumblr and Tumblr culture. Interesting. And it, it's, I mean, like, and I really look for that because I'm, I get upset. I'm like, I use the internet every day, and that's not what it looks like. Yeah, it's not how people talk about it. It's weird. It, it, it's almost like as crazy and archaic as like if you were at the Shakespeare in the Shakespearean times and you go to a play and like men are playing all the parts it's like this isn't real yeah this is so weird yeah. I don't know that is a good example it might not be <laughs> um so okay I'm with you though I watch mostly those things because they're soothing to me what else do you like to watch on YouTube I think I feel like it's all beauty stuff and then lately I've been really into that show feud so i've been watching old interviews with joan crawford and betty davis and then watching like susan sarandon and jessica lane talking about it i feel like that's what's been popping up on my you might like because that's the stuff i've been into yeah um but it, i'm just so into makeup that it's it's really just changing me it is yeah for the worst probably do you buy it and then not yeah. use it yeah okay, okay. i do well wait do you think that people are being very authentic in their beauty reviews because Pe- like People are, yeah. There, if you watch Kathleen Lights, like she's she's treating you right. Yeah, she's definitely not. She'll be real. She's like, I got this for free, but I'm not pleased with the product. Oh, totally. Okay, like that, and then some. I wonder how much free shit they get. So much, so much. Yeah. If you follow even like people who aren't big names in makeup on Snapchat, it's just like every day they're like, look what came. I'm like, oh my, like how do you? How do you get that? Yeah, it's it's insane. They're living like, they're all like living the Kim K life. I knew a girl who worked for NARS PR for a while and I used to like hit her up once a year and be like, hey, is there anything new I should try? And like I would just be shocked at like this box of like, what is $500 worth of makeup right. showing up to my house? And I was, this is insane. It's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. Yeah, Jackie's on to something with starting a podcast, not just to talk about beauty, but to get free beauty stuff. Yeah. She's on to something there. Yeah. Um. So do you want to tell me your three reasons why you're qualified to give yes. advice? Yes, I pulled them up on my, I have to pull them up on my phone. I, I don't I know if I'm confident them in them. Um. One is I went to a party where I got a free denim jacket. Oh, that's great. Which I felt like was the I f- that was my Cinderella moment. Was everyone getting a free denim jacket? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but free stuff is so it's so extremely valuable to me. What um, was the brand? It's this jacket. It's a Levi's jacket. Oh, that's that's exactly what you want. Yes, it was perfect. Um and then I always paint one hand of nails. This is just this is like become my part of my personal lifestyle brand that I always have one hand painted and one not because it's like you know look at this it's really hard to do the other hand it is that's where it came from but it's like one hand I'm like New Year's Eve vibes and the other one I'm just like a normal girl yeah I like that and then the other reason is I've had a podcast for five years and it kind of sucks but I've had it why does it suck it's just like it's very it meanders and it doesn't have any kind of you know there's no focus I think that's fine. I think I do too, actually. So thank yeah, you. I always like get mad. My friend Alexi says that sort of stuff a lot. She's like, this, my podcast is like, it's so tangential. And I'm like, that's what they all are. It's yeah. Like, the point is, is that you just have to keep talking yeah. for the entirety of the thing. Which, and by the can, way, you were a great guest on my podcast. Thank Fan you very much. favorite, if I may say. I was. Yes. Oh my People God. People loved you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Gotta come I back. Was, 
so flattered by because first of all, now that you see like how I live, like when you were like you're you're an adult and you're pulled together, I was like, oh, this girl so does not know me. No, like, <laughs> you looked amazing. Like you looked like when you're when I was a little girl and like dreamed of what I would look like when I had a high paying job. Like that's how you walked in. Thank you. It's it was just a blowout. It was all a blowout. I that's my. No, it was a jacket too. It was definitely like a oh yeah purse jacket combo. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do work hard on my jackets, but now that I've told you about my new wardrobe choices, like how I'm, I'm just cutting down. I feel like I could make a lot of money selling my stuff, but I just don't know where I'm going to do it well. Well, those girls, like there's been a group of comedy girls who have been doing little pop-up shops where they sell their old clothes. You should do that. I, I feel like it I went really I well. I saw that. Yeah, I, I went to it. It Angela was cool. Angela did yeah. that, right? Angela Trimber and Alexi and some other girls. Yeah. Yeah. they invite. I was invited to like go shop at it. And I was like, no, I need to get rid of things. Yeah, I shopped. But I think if you were just like, hey, can, can I, I sell? Come? They would yeah, have been down. Good. Or start. we can start one. I, I would do one we too. Start, okay, let's start our own. Because that is my big thing is I don't, A, I don't want people coming to my house. Yeah, you have to rent out a little And I think that I would be bad at remembering to put things in the mail on time. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are doing like thread up and like stuff like that, like those places where you can sell your high-end stuff for a pretty good discount. Because if you take it to Crossroads, they'll give you $35 for a $300 jacket if you're lucky. I remember when I first moved here, I was so excited that there was Crossroads and I like, oh my God, I'm going to make all this money. And I went and they wanted – zero of my items and it was oh, a yeah. real wake-up call for who i am you sometimes have to go to different neighborhoods too that's something i've noticed and then there's like buffalo exchange will definitely pay you more crossroads will take more okay so it all so it all depends but like that can be part of the hustle is just making sure you're getting it to the right neighborhood i think i was actually at a buffalo exchange you're right that's they're very I picky there. i was turned down there yeah, they'll kick your ass out. And that's like the worst is when you like roll up with the shopping bag full of things. Yeah. What I like about Crossroads is you can just dump the bag at the desk and be like, I'll come back in three days and see if I have a check. That's cool. And then just donate the rest to charity because I like I'm not going to – I know me. I'll drive around my, with this in my trunk for the rest of my life. I most certainly have done that. Like my mom has come to visit. She leaves. There's – bags in my trunk she comes a year later those bags are still there yeah that's i think i i feel like my mom's accepted that part of me but i know it's probably low-key a disappointment to her i'm definitely that has not been accepted over on my end no no my mom did say to me once she's just like you're not a cleaner she's right you're just not that's never been your skill you're not good at it well let me ask you this did your mom clean up after you and like take care of it uh I was an only child, so I had my ch- – I had, like, every Saturday I had a series of chores I had to do where I had okay. to clean the bathroom. I had to take out the, – the, the trash was my job. The mail was my job. So are you then good at those things now as an adult? Um, Yes. The obstacle with the trash at my house now is that I have to bring that my trash can up and down that hill every Wednesday. That and is a hill. That's and it's a it's a little bit of a hill. Like one time I had over a hundred pounds of wet yard trimmings in my like yard trimming box and I slipped going down my driveway carrying a hundred pounds of wet yard trimmings. That's- that was like the worst day of my life. It was so embarrassing. Like it was just like, could this be worse? Like I just like felt I look like hamburger meat and I like have all those wet yard stuff. That's the only part of it. I'm still good. I'm good at taking out the trash now. Uh, my mail, 
much less so, but that's because in my 20s, I developed anxiety around like my poorness and like the idea that mail would come and it would always be like, you owe money. Uh huh. So now I like will let it sit in the mailbox for as long as I can. And I've told my accountant, like, stop mailing me things. Like, I'm never going to open it. Like, if I need to pick up my debit card, call me and I will drive to your office and go do it with intention. But it will go sit – it will sit in my mailbox and then eventually I'll just throw it away and then I'll never have my new debit card ever. <laughs> so um, – totally relate to that. Like just the period of my life where it was just all bills and all such a bummer yeah. and ugh. My mom was a house cleaner though for a living and she ran a catering company. So our house was always very, very clean and she also is a woman who takes a like, great pride in like being – having like her home. Yeah. And so – our house was always getting moved around. Like it was very often that I would come home from school and like something that used to be in my bedroom is now in the living room and something that was in the kitchen is now like that in. That sounds kind of fun. Yeah. Like <laughs> everything would be always like be moving around and Shauna, my mom would like dumpster dive for like furniture. She'd be like, that's a really nice piece right there. And she would like pull over on the side of the road, like put someone's trash in her car, and, like take it home, completely refurbish it in the backyard. People always thought like we were doing much better than we were because my mom was really good at like that is so flipping cool. furniture and stuff like that's that. one thing I feel like I lack so hard is like a strong eye and a sense of style and taste like I yeah. do not have that and whenever someone has that I feel like that's a superpower like I don't understand it yeah I thought that I would be really really bad at putting my house together that's it's a mess right now but like it's weird how you kind of just instinctually know, like, I like that. Like, that's the style of things I like. Like, half of my furniture I bought in New Orleans because it's so cheap to buy. Um, like, my desk, for example, is from New Orleans. And, like, this I knew I wanted. I wanted a big desk like this. I wanted one that was, like, a front-facing desk. Um, how do you even go about buying things in New Orleans? You just pay the money to ship it to you. So I went to New Orleans for, like, for Valentine's Day with my friend Max. Um it was not romantic. Uh, and I actually went on a Tinder date with a guy who had a glass eye that Max rem- reminded me of that. I went on a Valentine's Day Tinder date, first Tinder date in a different city with a guy with a glass eye. Like, What is so- the glass eye technology these days? Like how – You know, we didn't really get into it. Like, but I like did- was it – how noticeable? Like was it just no big deal or – It was MBD, but like I did yeah. say to him like your eyes are so like clear. Like, he, his eye looked so clear. And, like, um, you know, they always say, like, the difference between, like, movie stars and just, like, regular famous people or people who could be on TV is that movie stars have clear – like, their eyes are, like, translucent, basically. That saying, like, I hate that. That's, like, my least favorite movie star thing. I think oh, that's really? so stupid. Do you, like – do you think it's stupid that you have to have that in order to be a movie star? I think it's not true and that. It, it's just, like – I think for leading ladies, it's true. That you need to have, like, no red in your eye? No, that, that like, your eyes, like, glow. Like, the color of your eye eyes glow on screen. Like Oh, like, you have a light very, eye? Yeah, like, they're, oh. even, even if they're dark eyes, they're, like, a light eye. Like, Jennifer Love Hewitt has dark, dark brown eyes, but they're still movie star eyes. Okay, and now this is important for an ingenue. Like, I think that that's what you need if you're going to be, like – 
the lead female. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the fun best friend can have any color eye. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's like what the, I don't know. I once heard say. someone say like the like in order to be like a famous celebrity, you have to have your the whites of your eyes be like perfectly clear, and you can't have red. Oh, that's so not true. Uh, yeah, it was like. That, that's, that's just gross. Chick. That's also like what they say. Like that's the kind of thing they say to chicks. Like that no man has ever had that said to him. Like <laughs> I don't think someone said it directly to me, but it was like a conversation because no one was like Esther. Here's the way to be a movie star. Right, it right. was more like something I had heard. I don't want people to think that I like went to movie star boot camp or something. But like, look but at I Steve would Buscemi. if that existed. Like if he didn't have like buck ass eyes, like he would not be the movie star he is and the hunkiest. In, in fact, um, okay, so we're gonna take our phone calls. I think we have some good ones. Christina, are you ready? Let's do it. Hey, malls, Christina and guest. Uh, I am a 28-year-old gal from San Diego. I am actually thinking about moving to Austin, Texas, and I have never been before. I have a trip booked for mid-April. It's actually during South by Southwest, I believe. I'm not there for South by Southwest, but um, I hear you talking about it all the time. I would love any recommendations that you have. I'm a freelance food stylist and photographer, so all things food related, always a safe bet with me, but I would love any um, hidden gem recommendations and just, I don't know, any of your thoughts on Austin in general. Thanks so much. Hey, girls. So Austin's like my favorite city. Esther, have you spent time there? I wouldn't say I've spent time there, but I have been there twice, and I've had some good food, and I liked it a lot. Oh, yeah. It's a great food scene there. Like, as soon as you said that that's what you do for a living, um, I, like, lit up inside. I um, I always eat at Black's Barbecue. There's two locations, um, and there's one that's much more close to the city. That's, like, going to be my only, like, main food wreck just because I – I usually just walk into places and just try stuff. Um, I don't like I've and I also feel like the turnover there is kind of like it can be kind of big. Like I went two years ago to this um, super like kind of like hipstery barbecue place. It was really good. But then last time I was in Austin, I couldn't find it. So I don't know. I, it's like I, I feel like I have a lot of like ghost meals there where I just like I never see that place again. I would stay away from like some of the more obvious places like I feel like everyone talks about stubs and how amazing it is but I feel like it's like I don't know I just feel like it's like the most obvious place blacks might be as well but like I always make a point of going there and bringing home leftovers um I am kind of the opposite I'm not like a walk in and see what's up kind of girl especially when I'm traveling for me like the meals I eat when I'm away are so important to me that I need to like make the most of each one so I I remember I don't remember where I ate in Austin but I did remember spending a lot of time on Yelp like very meticulously researching what to eat and it paid off and I found like really solid I found this it was like a truck set up where like it was had a, its own setup though it just looked like a truck that's actually famous yeah it probably was yeah, yeah i'm it trying was, to remember what it is but that's a famous i had like yeah. the best breakfast sandwich and i i just had a really good experience and i love that like i love when i go to a out here the trend i feel like is really nice coffee shops that are starting to sell good food and mm-hmm. like that i live for that i love a really good meal if i were you uh I, i'm gonna ask my friend jay and my friend leah to put together a little bit of a reckless leah also works in the food service business and she is um not only a listener please advise but also um 
Moshi Bergen Psychos, and I got to meet up with her when I was in Austin last time, and she definitely works in the food industry. She and her fiancé are both really involved in it, and I think they're, like, moving to Europe or something, she said, to continue on with the food thing. So, um, yeah, I will I will put together a list for you, and we'll post it on the Tumblr or something. Um, but... I think, okay, this is why I love Austin. I don't need Xanax when I'm there. Like, I have really bad social anxiety in life. And I don't like going to parties because of it. I, I'm i fine in, like, a one-on-one or even, like, a two-on-one setting. But, like, once the group gets to four, I'm not okay again until the group gets to about eight people. Like, there's that random – or I can't walk into a bar alone. Like, I would rather – I would rather do karaoke in my underwear. No, I wouldn't. That's not, that's a lie. But like, I just, I can't, I can't do stuff like that. And in Austin, I can totally do all of that stuff. Why is that? Um, it's just a relaxed vibe. It's non-judgmental. It's, um, you know, there's all walks of life there. I think that it, it would be like a very dreamy place for you to kind of move on from your relationship. Um, it's very friendly. Um, there's definitely that Southern hospitality vibe, but also, it is uh, – it's a liberal area, so you're not, like, you know, just beaten with right. upsetting information all the time. I feel like part of why I love being here is there's, like, all this fun food and, like, cool stuff to do. Not that I do the cool stuff, but, like – and when I went to Austin, I'm like, oh, my God, they have all what L.A. has, but there, it's not, like, this weird competitive, like – Tinseltown vibe on top of that. It's just the like food lovers and exactly. fun times. Exactly. And like you can go see great live music any night of the week. They do have a good art scene there. They have great shopping there. They have, I mean, it's, it's people, you know, if I don't know, and if you live in San Diego, you'll probably also find it affordable. People talk to me all the time about how, because I really want to invest in a small like condo or something there and rent it out. And people have said to me, like, that's crazy. It's, like, so expensive there. In and, Austin? And it, yeah. And, and for this country, it is expensive. It can be, you know, $250,000 for a two-bedroom condo or something. But that, but after living in L.A., like, that's so reason. I feel like that's so reasonable in comparison. And um, it just would be smart to invest there. So, so um I find it to be pretty reasonably priced living there. I got a blow dry, which is like to me something that I do in every city and um, see how they see what the difference in charge there is. I think it was like it was very comparable to L.A. It was like 25 bucks or something like that. Um, I feel like I'm really into positive reinforcement and patting myself on the back when I did something good. Uh -huh. And the biggest thing in my life that I've done that I pat myself on the back for is move to a new city by myself and start mm -hmm. a life. That is something that I went through so much growth and like became a new person that when mm -hmm. I look for people who haven't done that, I'm like, you've missed out on like all this growing and growing pains that I've gone through. And I just, I can't recommend that enough of like Where a great life experience. From again? I'm from a suburb outside of Chicago. I was either to say she's from Chicago or for some reason, Arizona. I was, <laughs> I was like, no, I mean, trust me, you don't give me Arizona vibes, <laughs> but like for some reason I was just like, maybe she's from Arizona, but yeah, no, it's totally, it's, I think it's really important. And I think that Austin is a great city to do that in. It's such also an easy city to make friends in. And people are just really friendly. Like, I 
also found that it wasn't a weird place. I, when I lived there for like about a month um, on one of my hiatuses from Two Broke Girls, I was there during April. You should know that the weather is shocking. Like my first night there, I had done all this packing my first night there. I found myself driving like REI at like 9 p.m. being like, I need a winter jacket. Like I – because it was so cold um, and rainy at certain parts. But then it also can be very humid. Um, So kind of like pack the range. Um, I also remember having a hard time finding a queso that wasn't spicy. Oh, yeah. Just throwing that out there. I was going to say, I love queso, and you should try it everywhere you go. Um, but I like it spicy. Mm. You don't like it spicy? No, I'm not a spicy girl, but there's a, a Austin-y type place in Los Angeles called Homestate, and they have mm-hmm. queso that's not spicy that I really like. Ooh, I need to go there. Homestate, it's called? They have good breakfast. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you're an Austin lover, like this, you have to go. Okay, I yeah. will go. Um, but yeah, I, um, I think that you'll have fun there and I think that it's great. I mean, I only had a couple of acquaintances when I moved out to Los Angeles and I found that to be really, really important. Also, don't be surprised. Like, you know, I don't hang out with any of those people really anymore. Like I'm fine with them, but like those are going to be your jumping off point friends probably. And you're going to find your new job, your new life. There's so much for you to do there as a food stylist. I can only imagine like you would have such good luck with either a local magazine or even just working for a restaurant or something. But um, I can imagine that food staging would be a huge industry there. I'm yeah, and I'm I'm excited for your journey, and I hope to follow your Instagram account of yeah. all your food stuff in Austin. But girl. First of all, you missed South by Southwest by like a month, but I will tell you this, that like that would have been the worst time for you to try and make a decision about what living there is like because it's nothing like that the rest of the year. Mm. Austin has nothing to do with South by Southwest. Like it does, but it doesn't. Um, It's like that's just like people from L.A. and New York and all over just like jammed into one small section of town for a week and everyone's misbehaved and it's just – I mean, I always went for the technology part, so that was probably a little bit different because it's, like, comedy and tech and, like, shit like that. But, um, yeah, dude, I uh, I definitely think that that would – I'm glad that you're not going during that because that was the whole reason why I wound up going back to Austin was because I went to South By and I said, I want to see what this place is like when all the nerds are, like, not here. And it was a lot better. It's great. I don't know. I wish I had more specific examples for you, but – I found a bunch of great bars last time I was there. One, I drank a cocktail with kale in it, and that's when I was like, I need to go home. Like, that's when I was like, I've made a mistake, and I need to go home. I've drank too much. Um, go to the Hotel St. Cecilia just and get a drink. It's absolutely gorgeous there. My friend <laughs> tricked me into staying there. I had no idea how expensive it was until we checked out, and I almost had a heart attack. But um, definitely at least go for some snacks or whatever. I also wish that I had more advice to give you, but I really just commend your game plan. Like fresh out of a relationship from eight years, wanting to move to a new city sounds like an A plus plan to me. Yeah, yeah. We had um, John Levenstein came on this podcast. He's a good friend, and he said like, yeah, like I moved to get over a breakup. Like I moved across the country, and it really does. It make it's a makes a huge difference mm-hmm. especially if you were with someone for a long time like places just start to haunt you yeah also i will say my first year of moving to a new city a lot of pain and hardship it's it's hard but once you're through that on mm-hmm. the other side of that it's it's beautiful i also look back at those times as some of the best times mm-hmm. of my life though yeah like at true. the time it was miserable but like I think I was a lot happier as a person when I was living in a shitty Koreatown apartment 
like wondering if I could afford like three Tecates. Like that was like that was like almost a better time in my life. Yeah, like eating so peanut butter out of the jar for a meal. That's that was fun. <laughs> it was so simple and fun. All we'll right, do that again. But yeah, girl. Um, just um, and also look for look for a place that you can share because I think it's expensive to rent a one bedroom there, and that will be a big difference from San Diego. Hey, Malls. This is Courtney, longtime follower, huge fan. I love you so much. Um, so I was just out at a bar with my best friend, and we saw some people that we met um, and two, like, single guys um, were in this group. And we were all, like, trying to, like, buy for his affection. But, like, my best friend was sitting next to him, and they were, like, obviously vibing. And we were all kind of, like, playing this game where we were trying to, excuse me, um, like, tell each other what celebrity they look like. And I said that the guy that she was flirting with was, like, James Marsden, which, hello, that's, like, a huge compliment. Like, James Marsden is hot. And he told me that I looked like a poor man's Melissa McCarthy. I'm, like, yeah, I'm, like, super curvy. Um and, like, Melissa McCarthy is obviously, like, beautiful, but, like, I don't know. I saw it as a dig, and it hurt my feelings, and, like, I was totally turned off by, like, the whole situation, and I wanted to leave. My friend didn't want me to leave because she didn't know the, like, outcome of this whole situation, but they're together now, and I just left, and they're probably going to fuck. Um, But, like, I don't know. If anyone ever said, like, something mean to my friends and I was interested in hooking up with them, I totally would not if they were mean to my friend. And now I kind of feel like some type of way because like she's probably out there fucking him right now. And I'm like at home crying because he hurt my feelings. So like, am I wrong or is she wrong? Or like, is there a good way to go about this situation? Um, if, if you're interested in a guy, is it, is it okay to hook up with him? Even if he like treats your friend like shit? Please advise. Thanks, Malls. Bye. Why were you playing that game? That is just like a game that leads to hurt feelings. Like I don't know why anyone think why anyone would think that's a fun game to play. Someone did that to me at a party once, say a dinner party. It was an intimate dinner party. We all had to go around and say like who we've been told we look like. And then I was like, no one's ever told me I look like anyone. I was like one time like um, I was on ecstasy at Booty LA when I was like 23 and this like gay man took me back to his house and showed me pictures of old BB Newworth and was like, you look like her. I was like, that's the closest I've gotten. And some guy at the party goes, you know who you look like? He's like, you kind of look like, uh, like Darlene on Roseanne. And I was like, sir, <laughs> excuse me, sir. Like, I love Darlene. Like, I am I thank you for – I love Darlene as a character. I do not look like Sarah Gilbert. Like, can you – like, please fuck off. And like that now what I don't I do, what I don't like about that is that now I'm being mean towards Sarah, Sarah Gilbert, which I also noticed your defensiveness of Melissa McCarthy, where you're like, I'm not saying she's ugly. I just didn't want that comparison. No, there also there's nothing wrong with being told that you look like Melissa McCarthy. She's curvaceous. She's beautiful. She's fucking funny and charming. What is wrong with what this person said to you is they called you a poor man's, man's yeah. version of someone. I don't care if you call me a poor man's version of Kate Upton. That's yeah. not nice. Yeah, it's mean. It's very mean. And it's okay. So 
let's unpad this a little bit further. I, if I were you, I would be going nuts on my friend today. Like, if this was the next day, I'd be like, are you literally so fucking desperate to hook up with someone that you would allow them to insult your friend like that? Like, literally, like, leave me feeling hurt and shitty about myself? Yeah. The first thing that I wrote down and circled a million times was desperate. Because your friend has to be so desperate that she is overlooking the way someone treated her friend just to, like, have sex with some dude. And I'm almost saying, like, I wouldn't be going off on this friend because it's, like, I feel bad that you are that in need and, like, other things don't matter outside of just, like, having sex with a stranger. I don't know. It's, like, it's sad. The sad part of the story is the friend that is hooking up. Is so, yeah. You're right. No, you're right. It is. It is. But, okay. But do you think that it would be doing her a favor to point out to her, like, hey, like, you yeah. obviously are in a desperate place in your life. Yeah. If you, if you, because, right. I mean, I, if she was not really my friend, if this was a person who was like a tangential sort of like w- like way out there friend of a friend of a friend, yeah, I still would be disappointed in them just because I think that like, first of all, I think that people who like, I just think bullies are disgusting. Um, And I think that that's like a really clear bullying move. And I think that also like your friend validated this guy's terrible behavior by sleeping with him. And I I mean, I think there's something I think that like, you know, that's part of a friendship obligation. Like at that stupid fucking matchmaking thing that I went to in Baltimore with my friend Amy, the woman was like, None of your friends are going to tell you the truth. Like, none of your friends are going to tell you you need to lose weight. None of your friends are going to tell you that you come off as needy. None of your friends. And I'm like, actually, I think a lot of my friends would tell me that kind of stuff. And, like, not in a way that's, like, I want to do this to, like, destroy you. Like, it's like, Molly, like, you need a a little bit of a wake-up call or, like, you need a helping hand in this area of your life. And it's clearly, like, you're you're suffering because of it. Like, that's – I mean – but this behavior by the friend that went off and hooked up, that doesn't sound like that's going to be an easy fix. Like, I don't know that this person sounds like they can continue to be my friend. Like, I've seen their true colors mm-hmm. now and you have such a darkness to you that that's like OK to have someone make fun of your friend. Like, I don't know. It doesn't sound that fixable to me not to be like so dark about it but devil's advocate like what if this girl was like really fucking drunk and it didn't register with her that that's what he had said to her yeah that's i guess a different version yeah like you know but here's the thing was why when she was saying like i want to leave and her friend was like no 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 stay like why yeah let her leave like if she wants to leave the bar let her leave like she obviously stayed and drank these guys anyway so why was it so important to her that her friends stay? Like, did she, maybe she didn't register that he had basically, like, I mean, unless it was, like, across the table and everyone heard it and everyone was like, oh, shit. Like, after he said it, like, I can't imagine. I can't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, dude. This is really, I mean, this is bad. I feel really sad that you had to go home after this and it's, like, 3 a.m. or something in your I mean it just makes me feel terrible but I think it's cool that instead of like handling it on your own you like this girl did she called the show and was mm-hmm. like I know something bad happened like I want to talk it out I think that's super cool I and, wonder like, mature. what their update is now like if there's yeah. if it's been a, a week or so and that they've had a conversation follow-up I'd love to hear if there's been like a conversational follow-up about how this went down and 
if your friend offered an excuse for her behavior um, mm-hmm. or if she's even like aware that it happened. Um, yeah. It just sounds like this friend was out on this night and her priority was hooking up with a guy that she met and it was not caring for your friend, which really bums me out because I, I feel like one of like something that I take so much pride in is being protective over my friends and mm-hmm. the people that I love. And like, I'm so quality over quantity with friends, like the few people that I like hold close to me, like I will stand up for them regardless, you know, and I just feel like that was such an opportunity to step up for your friend that was not taken. Yeah, my thing is that like, if I was with a guy and he said something like that about my friend to me when we were alone, I would be like completely turned off by yeah. him. Like, I have a hard time dating someone that's like says stupid stuff sometimes, let alone someone that's like mean or mean about my friends. Like after my one of my exes and I broke up, I found out through a friend of a friend that he had made a really nasty comment about I guess like some woman on the street um, was wearing clothing that was like too tight for her figure and she looked didn't look great. And, like, he said something about, like, he, basically he, like, said something fat-shamey about her to my friend. And I was shocked by this because I, this is a person that he would have never done that in front of me because he knows I would have lost it on him. Like, I don't even know that woman, but I do know that she doesn't deserve to be judged by you. Yeah. Like, and I just, I think that that's, um, your friend has a major personality flaw. And, um... I don't know where exactly that comes from, but are you someone that's been? I wonder if this Courtney is someone who's been burned by girls in the past and has a has a bad habit of picking out toxic girlfriends. Hmm, that's interesting. Because if this is someone that she counts as a friend, like this should be not just like upsetting behavior; it should be shocking. I also like, wonder how old they are. That like she said she's. Oh no, she didn't say. She didn't say. Because, like, I feel like this – I mean, obviously, they're at a bar. They're not in junior high. But this screams junior high to me, this behavior. Yeah. 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 I think that, you know, I think that sometimes you get into really nasty habits or patterns of hanging out with the same type of people you hung out with when you were that age. And you outgrow it at a certain point, hopefully. And I'm the type of person I would way rather have few friends than, like, all the friends in the world. Right. And I think that maybe – I don't know. The fact that you're not like, I can't believe she would do this to me. I'm literally blown away. I'm shocked. Yeah. This is so not like her. Like, you didn't say any of those things. So, you know, this might, I mean, this might be an indication that it's time to start looking for different qualities than the friends that you hang out with. I agree. And I also think, like, looking at your own insecurity, because what got you to a place of being friends with this person? Mm-hmm. It's like, like it says to me maybe if this were me maybe I'm friends with this person because I'm insecure and I just take what I can get when it comes to friends as opposed to like really searching for the right fit and someone who's going to be respectful of me okay so Christina just let me know that this Courtney is the same Courtney who went to a bar with one of her friends her friend drove them to the bar and then her friend took off from the bar in her car with with the guy and left Courtney at the bar and I guess she ran into someone she knew when she got a ride home. I was pissed off about that because I was wondering how the fuck they intended on getting home from the bar in the first place. Like, you don't go out. I mean, I I just, I mean, obviously I lived in LA pre-Uber, but like, so I know that people drive to bars and like that was, I mean, yeah, a lot of my friends would drive drunk like all the time and I would be a passenger in that vehicle all the time. Um, 
But we're in the age of Uber now. Like, there's no reason to be drunk driving. And so I was pissed about that, that they even were taking a car to a bar in the first place. Um, But secondly, yeah, Courtney, like, girl, like, I think that you need to start – your friend picker is off. As Dr. Dr. Laura always tells women, you know, your man picker is off. I think your, your, your friend picker is off. There's something going on there. Maybe it's time you move, girl. Yeah. You know, like, get the fuck out of there. Like, I don't like this world where you're driving to bars and then people think it's okay to, I mean, essentially fat shame you. Like, I mean, it seemed like you, you know, I don't know. Even even just listening to you justify why Melissa McCarthy isn't the worst person to be compared to, is pain- that's a painful journey. And then to find out that it's like poor man's Melissa McCarthy, it's a painful journey. Like, that's not... I mean, I don't want to hear I, – if you ever call this podcast again about another shitty girlfriend of yours when I tell you that I warned you, like, and honestly, like, feel free to call. And please update us, by the way, on both the girl from the first incident and then this girl. Um, are they the same person, do you think? Wow. I don't know. Dude, if that's your BFF, you're in trouble. Time to move. Or just – Go to meetup.com or whatever people do to find new friends. Is that what people do? I feel like my mom once advised me to do that. Oh. <laughs> I know, I don't know if I ever followed through, but stuff like that works. Yeah. All right. Let's take our next call. Hi, Mel. Hi, Christina. Um, long-time listener, first-time caller. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. But um, I wanted to call today to talk about uh, an issue that I'm having with my mother-in-law. Um, I know mother-in-law issues sound boring and trite, but... Hear me out. So I have been with my husband for eight years, and in that time, we've watched his mom go from, like, slightly disinterested and depressed in everyone's lives to, like, full-blown alcoholic to the point now where she is getting uh, evicted from her home. Um, last summer, summer 2015, actually, we had an intervention with his brother, um, and she said no. We tried to send her to rehab. She didn't want to go. She said she doesn't have a problem. This is after, I think, her third time to the hospital for um, injuries related to drinking. I have a, a lot of substance abuse issues in my family, and it's really difficult for me to watch her do this to the person who means the most to me in the world um, because it's just not really it's not fair which I guess which sounds dumb I suppose but um, it's breaking him apart inside and he's trying to be really strong and really good because he just honestly doesn't know what to do um, since we've we've been in contact with her a few times since the intervention um, I know you're not supposed to it's been mainly to intervene when she's had to go, you know, to the hospital. She had cats that we got out and and, and housed elsewhere. Um, and he did give her some money towards this sheriff's sale eviction thing. But I feel like we're saving off the inevitable, and I don't really know what the inevitable is. And the advice that I want is just how can I be supportive Um a supportive wife to the person who matters the most to me in the world where I have no idea how to fix this situation because it completely relies 
on another person getting their shit together and fixing their life, which they don't seem to want to do. Um, so any advice that you guys can give me would be really helpful because I'm kind of at the end of the rope here and I, I can't kind of workshop it on anyone that I'm friends with because he's also friends with him and it's, it's a really sensitive subject. Well, I mean, I'm not an expert on this subject at all, um, but one thing I noticed in your language that I think might help you, and I'm sure you already know this, but it might just help you a little bit more, is like you keep talking about how she's quote-unquote doing this, and I don't think she is doing it. I think that she's a very sick person and has been very sick for a very long time, and it's not – I think that if she was – at her working at 100%, like, I don't think she would ever hurt her son like this. I don't think that any mother naturally just, like, wants to hurt their child. This is the kind of thing that – this is basically the only thing that you constantly hear, like, not even my kids were enough to stop it. Who said that? Elizabeth Vargas said that. She said it wasn't – yeah, like, you know, the idea of my my never being able to see see my kids again, that wasn't enough for me to not drink. And – um. You know, I think that they typically recommend that after you do an intervention, there's a complete cutoff because it's very obvious that your son, that your husband's mother hasn't bottomed yet. Um, And it seems like a lot has happened to her, like to lose your house, to lose your pets. I mean, if someone like had to take wags away because my life was like unmanageable, that would be like the biggest wake up call in the world to me. Like I wouldn't even know what to do. Um... I, I could lose my house, but if someone really took my dog, I don't know what I would do. So I don't – I mean, I think that – I think the best thing you can do is to try and take him into some sort of Al-Anon therapist. Yeah, I think Al-Anon – I mean, I, I like you said, I'm not a specialist or expert on this at all, but it does sound like Al-Anon is the first thing that comes to mind of what your husband should be – extremely involved at this point it sounds so terrible and i think your instinct of i need to be there for him is exactly right because that's all you can do Mm -hmm. you don't have control you can't fix her and the other thing to what off of what you said is like she's not doing this she's ill she has a disease Mm -hmm. and you can't help her so all you have the power to do right now is be there for your husband support him and i think like you said al-anon is the first easy choice Because they'll, especially if you go to like, instead, I mean, definitely go to like group or whatever. But if you just go and sit on in one on one with the person who focuses on Al Anon sort of issues, they're going to spell out for him what I think you're having a hard time doing, which is that he needs to cut off all contact with her. This is not a person he can have healthy contact with. Um, because in doing so, he's reinforcing that technically what she's doing, it's not, it's not that it's okay, but it's like passable behavior. And, um, it's, that's difficult. It's your mom, especially if she's older and she's like later in life. Like you don't want to think about not speaking to your mom anymore, but that's the only shot she has at getting better. And the only shot your husband has at having a normal, healthy life that he deserves. I mean, a lot of times the problem with these sort of addictions is that no one gets to have a normal, healthy life as a part, as a part of them. It's not just the the addict. It's every single person in the family. And that 
is unfair to you and it sucks and it's unfair to him and he you know you guys should be you know concentrated on on starting your own family and having your own things that you guys do together and not you know ba- you're going to wind up bailing her out until she either dies becomes homeless you know kills herself like i mean those are that is ultimately where these things go especially at the age she's at it's really unfair to the family members and just like you what you were saying i would if this were me i'd be thinking of like i should be able to focus on me and my husband and our happy life and you know what but instead you're being weighed down by a family member this is it's also very common we have an alcoholic Mm -hmm. in our family and it sucks it's just and there's nothing you can do about it and you mm-hmm. try everything and it just it breaks people's hearts and I, I feel for your situation like I hear family stress is awful and I just I think that you're coming from such a good place of really just wanting to support your husband here yeah um I think she needs to look into some self-care for herself too yeah because the emotional burden that comes with being somebody's like um like I can't think of another word for this, but like emotional dumpster. Yeah, like being somebody else's emotional dumpster—that's really stressful. Yeah, um, and you need to find someone that you can talk to about the pressures of doing that. Mm-hmm. And I would also encourage her to like go to Al-Anon because um, she said she has addicts in her family. I don't know how she's handling that aspect of it too. I think, but this, you yeah, know, it's adding in it's insult to injury for her because she's yeah. very familiar that this is not going to change. I yeah, think. and that's something that you and your husband can work on together together as a couple and improve your relationship together and your relationship with this mother-in-law. And I think that maybe it's time for you guys to get together as like a as a family and have that real conversation because it doesn't sound like the stakes at that first intervention were severe enough. Like that is one thing I know about interventions is that if the person decides to not take the help, like then that's it. This is what you're losing as a result. Like this is what you're losing out on by not following, like going through with this. And there's supposed to be a list of things, like any sort of bills that you guys are helping out with, any sort of like rides, or is is he taking her to the grocery store once a month? Like what is go like what are the things in her life that they are doing to, to enable this? Like out of the kindness of their heart, not realizing that they're just like ex- prolonging and an issue that's not going to fix itself. I am not in your shoes, so I don't know if this is an option, but just a pitch of like trying your best to look at this as like an, in a positive, I mean, there's no positive way to look at the situation, but looking at it as a way to really focus on strengthening your bond and your relationship with your husband and really just connecting with each other and being there for each other and having that just the strengthening of that relationship sounds like it could be a, a nice thing that could come from this not that it, you'd need it but I don't know. you know I hate to like say this but like Dr. Laura would probably put your husband on the phone and want to speak to him and say like why are you doing this to your wife like why is it so important to you to be there for your mommy and not be there for your wife and like this is the effect like I mean just hearing how upset you were that should be upsetting to him that That's this real. is this upsetting to you And why – I mean, I understand – everyone understands the mother-child bond. Every parent – everyone knows that. But what is – what's going on here is this mom stopped being a mom a very long time ago. And this is now bled into your marriage marriage, and will affect his future happiness to come. There are things that you could be doing with your time right now as a couple 
that would positively impact the rest of your life that's not this sort of thing. That's like, you know, I mean, maybe you guys want to try, you know, try having a child. Maybe you guys want to travel. Maybe you want to have this, you know, but as long as you have this looming figure in your life, it's going to distract from that. It's going to take away from that. This isn't someone you would want around your children. This isn't someone you want at Thanksgiving or at Christmas or whatever. Like, are, is she aware of those stakes that she won't be included in that sort of stuff anymore? Like, those are, I mean, these are the questions that we have to ask. And I think that, you know, the bravest thing your husband could do ultimately would be to block her in, in his phone and cut off all communication. And she knows why. She's like, you know, she'll probably like do the typical, like, I don't understand why you're doing this to me sort of thing. But, um, I mean, she knows why she's losing her family, you know, and, and at what point is your husband going to kind of man up and be there for you? Um, and man up and be there for himself and like take control of his life. Like, I don't think it's fair when a parent robs their child of the experience that they got to live like in their 30s of finding themselves or like getting their life going or like doing what else, you know whatever else it is that you guys are up to like i think that she's because things didn't go well for her she's inadvertently robbing him of that time as well and i think that that's really fucked and um you know i do have a sort of attitude where it's like I can be very emp- overly empathetic, but then I hit a point where I realized like if anyone else in this situation cared as much as I cared, then this whole thing would be different. But no one cares as much as I care. So like why am I burning myself out? Like why am I making myself absolutely miserable? Might be something um, your husband should look at or it might be worth like both of you looking at that and figuring out why it's so important to have this person around. I don't know. But make sure if you go to like an Al-Anon therapist, which you should do for yourself anyway, make sure you're going to going to see someone that's definitely going to lead him in the direction of cutting ties from her um, and not trying to like maintain this relationship in any way because there is – there's never – there's no – there's not going to be any like maintenance while she's in this place. So – I wonder where she's going. She got evicted. I don't know. I do have to say, though, that I had a friend not that long ago lose um, an aunt who was drinking. I think it was like two boxes of wine a day, which is like eight bottles of wine a day. And um, her doctor, for some reason, wanted her to quit almost cold turkey, which everyone knows is like, you can't do that. If you have that much booze in your system, you need to taper off really slowly and you need to do it in with a medical professional involved because a seizure is inevitable, if not just like complete, just dropping dead. Um, so, you know, it is important that if your mom does, or if, if his mom does try to fix this, that she does this properly with doctors and with everyone else and in a place where people understand addiction and stuff like that. Um, because sometimes you know, you just get that crackpot doctor that thinks that, like, you can just – I mean, everyone goes in and lies to their doctor, right? She probably wasn't telling – disclosing the exact amount that she was drinking. Right. Um, But, yeah. That's so. what addicts do is they protect. Totally. And also, that's what everyone does. Like, did you know that when you go to the doctor and you tell them how many – like, how many times a week do you drink? Oh, I drink, like, once or twice. They automatically write down three to four. 
they know that everyone's chopping off. Like, you know, like when you go out, how many drinks do you have? Oh, I have like two. Okay, they write down like six. They know that you're you're they know that people chop their number down because they want to come across as healthy as possible. I actually tried once going into a doctor and being dead honest about exactly what I do. And I was like, Instead of lying and saying I smoke half a pack of cigarettes a day, I was like, I smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. Like when you when you go out drinking, how much you drink? Oh, I I drink until I'm like drunk. Like what did I drink. Um, she told me I uh, confessed to five felonies, and then she shamed me. <laughs> like she just like shamed the fuck out of me. Like like you know, like she was like, do you have protected sex? I was like. Yeah, I was like, for the most part, yeah, but there's definitely been like slip ups where it's like, you know, and like, thankfully, like nothing has happened. But, you know, and she's like, you don't know that. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm here now, aren't I? Like, let's like move forward. I feel like I'm always honest to my doctor just because I'm like paying to be there and I want to get the most of it. I don't I don't I'm not a a liar to my doctor, I will say. That's good. Thank you. You have, do you have health insurance? I do currently. It's the best thing in the world. It's right? so great. I'm so grateful. I remember when I didn't have health insurance and that was bad. Is it union health insurance? It is. Yeah. Or are you in SAG or? Uh, it's or? Uh, WGA. Yeah. Yeah. It's bomb insurance. The vision could use some work. The vision plan could use a lot of work. But um, yeah. Other than that, pretty happy with it. Yeah, I think any insurance. I just remember before Obamacare when I was got off my parents' plan and had to like fill out all these lengthy questions about pre-existing stuff. Like this was before, like when pre-existing conditions was still like an issue. Um, it was really stressful and scary. I'm glad that that's gone, and I hope it stays gone. Let's take yeah, our next no, question. WGA is great insurance. Hey, Malls. Um, I just tried to call and completely fucked it up, so I'm back again, back at it. Um, and hi, Christina, and hello to your guests. Uh, and hello to WAG. Hi. Um, so basically my dilemma is um, I have a very specific kind of thing in mind that I want to do with my life. Um, I want to basically create a resource for accurate skincare information because it doesn't exist. Um, I've talked to Christina a lot about this. She's aware of how I feel very strongly about these things. And uh, really, my my thing is, like, it's the kind of website that I would like to write for, I'm a writer, um, this is all out of whack, but the kind of website that I would like to write for would be a website that presents skincare information in an accurate way and doesn't present it in a way that's, like, annoying and like clearly branded and that kind of a website doesn't exist so I'm considering starting my own uh and I just wanted to ask if you had any advice for someone who is going to start a website because you did it and it went real well and obviously not like technical advice like figure that shit out like in Squarespace or WordPress or something but um just things that you wish you had known going into starting a website um, because I'm, I don't know the first thing about it. So, um, any advice would be helpful. Thank you. And you guys have a great day. Love the pod, of course. And thank you for recommending, uh, the nail place in Glendale because it was lit and my nails look great. Okay. Bye. Hey, Krista. I think you should definitely start a website. Um, there's really nothing like easier to do in a way. Like this is the perfect climate. I think there's so you have, as you said, you know, all the, you have all those resources, um, the first of all, the main difference between starting a website like Hello Giggles and something like this is that I, it was a, a largely a, um, it was based on contributions. Um, 
basically I like tracked down 15 of my friends that were doing cool things online already and I worked with them to figure out their column. This would just be you working to figure out what you personally want to what you want your voice to be, what you want your brand to be, and what you want your mission statement to be. So I think the most important thing is to write your mission statement and then to start brainstorming around that and seeing I'm big on like um just like the idea of black, white, and gray. And I think like the majority of your material needs to be gray, but I think that there's something to having like you know, a really, really fun piece that's almost like comedy driven or like a really serious piece that's like much more well researched and journalistic. I think that you need to have that black, white, and gray represented in any sort of website. It just really also helps in terms of not boxing you in early on. Um, and it also, if you're going to be the sole contributor for a while, it'll also just give you a lot it'll give you a lot more material to work with. I get very confused when I see or hear people like Katie from Vanderpump Rules, for example, talk about how difficult it is to keep up with her blogging. And I'm like, you're writing like a 200 word post on a lipstick. Like this isn't fucking hard. Like I used to have to write seven or eight of those a day for like $6 each. Like trust that is nothing. Um, I think that I think that that's definitely the most important thing. I think that also keeping in mind um, cost is a really big thing and having a representation of basically all three price levels, like whether it be stuff that you make at home, stuff that is like a splurge item. I know that you work in the beauty industry already, so you have all sorts of information at hand. Um, and that's really important. Um and I think just basically deciding like who it is you want to be to these people. Do you want to be a big sister? Do you want to be an expert that they can come to and ask these questions? Do you want to be do, – do you even want to take questions? Like I think that figuring out those sort of things, what you're comfortable doing content-wise is really important. Um, Esther, what do you think? I think it sounds like a great idea. And I think like sticking to that clear, strong vision of this is a resource of – for skincare that is unbiased, it is honest, it is healthy. I think it's like all good for you. I think that that sounds like something that I'm already interested in and like I want to follow. And so I think just like making that like your mission statement or whatever, making that so clear and strong uh, sounds really uh, appealing to me. Um, things that I wish that we had done differently at Hello Giggles in the beginning was that I was under the impression that we were just automatically like our, the, the developer we hired was automatically building in, um, great SEO. And I found out, um, that we basically had none, um, search engine optimization. So, um, like if you wanted to find, an article on Hello Giggles, like it was basically impossible to Google us. Like it was like, I mean, you could Google Hello Giggles and eventually, and eventually we'd come up, but like 40 articles about us would come up before our actual website. Um, and that is because we weren't, as we were trying our best to tag properly and to, you know, to do all that stuff, but because it wasn't optimized in the back end, because it wasn't, make sure whatever you do that you are very searchable um, because it's something that people search for a lot. And then make sure also you are answering. Another thing that you really need to do is answer, like pose questions in the headline that people would actually Google. Um, 
you know, why, why when I use grapefruit, does my skin turn red? Like sort of stuff like that, you know, like that's that people Google questions like that. And that will make your website stand out and pop up more frequently. Is there like a specific social media tool or like platform that you feel like is best for advertising your site? Or I don't know, I'm just curious. Um, you know, we've had some good luck with uh, Facebook ads for the podcast. Um, I mean, Hello Giggles, we never did advertising. We didn't need it, thankfully, because like that's the bonus of having like a celebrity business partner is people just naturally want to cover your website. So people, uh. you know, I mean, like I think a lot of people went to Hello Giggles at first to kind of make fun of it. And I'm okay with that. Um, but like I do think ultimately we got made fun of a lot at first and that's what drove a lot of the initial traffic. Um, because this is, I mean, I think that impor- it's important that you are on all social media and that like you, I, I think you can kind of skip Tumblr, but um, it's important that you're on Instagram. It's important that you're on Facebook. It's important that you're on Twitter, that you're, that you can link to your um, articles like on multiple platforms and make sure you do it as neatly as possible. I hate it when people have their Instagram posts being fed through to their Twitter. That drives me nuts because like no one's really looking at that. Everyone knows what it is. Everyone knows it's just you're you're trying to share content. Yeah. And you're not doing it well. So like I I always think like keep Twitter on Twitter, keep Facebook on Facebook, keep Instagram on Instagram and stay pretty consistent with that. But that's my, that's a little bit more old school. I don't know if that's something that people would recommend, but that's just the way that I am where um, unless it's like obviously good referral traffic. Like, I mean, I my conversation with Nicole um, who runs the Twitter for um, Mother May I Sleep a Podcast, Emotionally Broken Psychos. I My conversation with her was like, we can tweet about any article or anything we want. I The only thing I care about is that ultimately somewhere in there is buried a link to our podcast because I don't want people just retweeting an interesting article we wrote without our podcast getting heard. You know, I want them to at least be able to click onto the podcast while also checking out this article. Um, so including stuff like that is important. I don't know. Okay, so one thing I wanted to mention at the top that I totally forgot about was – I just found out yesterday we're, we're getting sponsored again by Zoe Report Box of Style. Have you heard of this thing? No. So I'm like the worst at like basically going to the mall and just buying a bunch of shit and then having none of it be stuff that I'm actually happy I have at the end of it. Like I'm like, oh, I want this tank top from Urban Outfitters and I like, never wear it and it's a complete waste of money. Or I'll just go to Sephora and just like blow out a shit ton of cash on like random stuff. Like I think it's very important for me to be VIP Rouge, which by the way – fucking everyone is um it's not that vip sephora you guys really tricked me um but basically it's like the people at rachel zoe's office or whatever put together this box every single season and they send it to you and you have to pay for it obviously um but i just got an email yesterday that they're sending me one because they're sponsoring the show again and i'm so excited because i wear every single thing that came in that box last year like the one that they sent me for summer, I think it was. I wore every single thing in it all year. Whoa. And that is one – that is, like, one thing that I can say consistently. Like, that is a good – that's a good use of money. It's one of our higher-end, like, sponsors. But um, it's definitely, to me, like, that's such a better use of, like, $300 for a year to have – I mean, it's like – you. I think it's like, yeah, for 300 bucks a year, you get – it's it's $100 a box maybe or something like that. 
but you get three hundred over three hundred dollars worth of stuff in each box. Yeah, so I'm really excited they're sponsoring the show again. I just wanted to say that. So cool. This isn't an ad yet. I'm just telling you. I'm excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, you guys, thank you so much for listening to episode 128 of Please Advise Esther. Where can people find you besides your amazing podcast, Weird Adults with Little Esther? Yes, where you were on and it was awesome. People should definitely check out that episode with Molly on it. Um, and that's it. You know, Twitter, Instagram, all the usual things. Do you have any fun shows coming up soon? Um, I don't. I am, but I do have a TV show that will be coming out sometime in the next eight months. I don't know when, but it's going to be in free form, and it's called Alone Together. Wait a minute. Are you? Did you? Cre- are you writing on it, yes. or are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm obsessed with what Freeform is doing. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm like the biggest Pretty Little Liars head, and I'm like very sad that it's it's like we're moving on from it very soon. But I like that Freeform is like so edgy. Like I pitched them a show about. A girl who like murders all of her best friends and they were like, mm, come back with something a little more edgy. <laughs> and I was like, I really like where you're going with this. Like, yeah. I'm very into that. They are definitely like moving away from ABC family and becoming a new cool thing, which is awesome. What is the show about? Um, it is about male, a male and female platonic best friendship. Okay. Yeah. Who's in it? Me and my best friend. Oh, my God. Wait, you're starring in it? Yeah. And, oh, my God. That's yeah, so yeah. exciting. Yeah. I'm How do I not know about this? So, wait, know. who's your platonic best friend? Uh, my friend Benji Aflalo, who I told you about earlier. Okay. Okay. Got it. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I want to talk. Does he, is he open about his strabismus? He is. I think so. Yeah. So, you guys, um, if you you probably know this. I was born with a lazy eye. A lot of people are born with it. One technical term for it is strabismus and um i guess your partner also has it he does yeah and like when i heard you say you had it, i'm like oh my god like i just have never heard of anyone having it besides him yeah so. yeah yeah no it's pretty common um but like it's like it's it's real like i i have an eye patch still like i still i'm supposed to patch my eye for 20 minutes a day i just don't <laughs> that's crazy yeah he he's Like, it wasn't until, like, I feel like eight years into our friendship where he was really honest with me about it. Like, I knew about it, but I didn't get it until, like, he really showed me what it's like when he takes his glasses off. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's like you can't notice it when... No, if he has glasses or contacts in, there's no problem. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. That's ideal. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I, it's definitely like, I mean, it's on your face. Yeah. And now that I know he's like on camera, I can understand even more. Yeah. <laughs> but when it's on your face, it's weird. And you're like, I'm, I'm different. Um, so I feel for that. If he, if he wants to talk about your business with me, I will do that. I'm really eager to connect you to. I feel like you guys have a cute little connection over this. He should come on the, he should come on the pod. It would be yeah. fun. The two of you should come on when your show's about that to be That amazing. is so ex- I had no idea that you were writing and starring in your own show. Well, it's, I mean, we just, like, we haven't even started shooting yet and there's no air date, so it's not like I can promote anything, you know. But- yeah, but you've shot the pilot right yes yeah, yeah that's yeah. so awesome yeah, oh my I'm god so i'm so excited for you thank you okay well thank you so much for coming on thank you christina for being the best producer and thank you guys for calling remember 323-450-7408 is the number you can call or you can email ask please advise at gmail.com with your voice notes which are much preferred we had a, vo- a voice note in this one right the really really clear sounding one do you guys like how clear that sounded i did um so yeah call and um 
Yo, Courtney, I'm going to need to hear an update from you. I'm not even, if you think I'm even kidding, I need to hear an update on your friendship situation. I want to hear, actually, I really need to hear updates from everyone. I want to hear about Austin. I want to hear about Krista. Just, you can hit me up and we'll talk about your, your skincare thing. All right. Bye, guys. Have a good week. 